Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Welcome, I'm Jim Paulson with another edition of the Star Tribune's Talking Preps. This one is State High School Basketball, which means that David Levesque is nowhere to be found. He's still resting up after, uh, I think he's got a, a, a head full of ice shavings now after all the state hockey tournament. Instead, we're bringing in my... Uh, esteemed colleague and local basketball encyclopedia, Ron Hagstrom. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Good. Uh, nice to talk to you, Jim. And uh, like you said with Dave, uh, I'm sure overtime has played a factor in his fatigue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's paid much attention to high school basketball this season, just like I hadn't uh, paid much attention to high school hockey. We all have our own areas of uh, of. Uh, I don't want to say expertise because that would mean that I act like I know what I'm talking about, but I'll have our own areas of specific knowledge. So although David will be around to do a little state uh, high school basketball tournament coverage, we will have to probably educate him on the finer points of the game, like dribbling and how you score points and things like that, that there isn't any checking involved. Well, he's he's used to dribbling, but it's just <laughs> natural out of his mouth. So, although that's that, this is unfair. He's not even here to defend himself. <laughs> um, Ron, we got boys and girls basketball tournaments going on at the same time. Um, do you think that makes it uh, any uh, less important or, or less uh, harder to pay attention to because there is no um, specific? focus on the boys or the girls. They don't have the time to shine in the spotlight. Do you, you think this is fine to have both tournaments going on at the same time? Maybe it brings a little bit more of a high profile school basketball. Well, and with that being said, I, I think it definitely helps the girls game and brings more viewership there. You know, this might have, this might have been something that I know you and I might have got tired of, um, of watching Paige through the years, but would have brought her even more notoriety if people were tuning in back and forth between the boys and girls like they will be this year. You know, one of the things I've always talked about, particularly with the girls' basketball tournament, that I found it unfortunate so oftentimes the girls' basketball tournament would go head-to-head with the first round of the NCAA tournament, March Madness. And I thought, televised-wise, it was somewhat unfortunate that so many people were focused on the NCAA tournament that it kind of detracted and just a little bit from the girls game they didn't get kind of the high profile um spotlight that they deserve in this case the ncaa tournament will be done this evening we're recording this on monday night will be done by uh, uh before the girls and boys even start so they'll have the spotlight for basketball all to themselves i think that's probably a terrific thing so um well and an, another factor that plays into that jim not only does that help but also, usually the state basketball tournaments clash with spring breaks. And those are basically over now, too. Yeah. So if, if you're looking for, if you're looking for uh, some hoops action, uh, we've got it for you coming up this week. Do you want to start with the boys or the girls, Ron? Should we start with the girls tournament? Might as well start with the girls since they kick off with the semis tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, let's see what we have for the first round in Class 1A. For the girls basketball tournament, we'll have, um, I think these will actually be at Target Center on uh, uh, Tuesday morning. Belgrade, Bruton, Rosa versus Sleepy Eye St. Mary's, followed by uh, Miniota at Mountain Iron Buell. 
Um, Mountain Iron Buell's down here again. They've had a lot of trips. They've never been able to get over the hump and uh, and uh, win a state championship. Miota, on the other hand, is a team that seems like they're always here and they always win. Um, do you think of those four teams, do you have a favorite? Well, I'd, ha- I'd have to say Miniota right now. I, I mean, they've been strong for so many years. And as long as there's always a hand in running, running the show in Miniota, they seem to be just fine. Yep. There's um, they've got a one of those schools that seemingly has a never-ending supply of quality athletes. You, the name Hannon, you say, and there's plenty of great Hannons in the Minota area. Um, a lot of these girls on this basketball team also play volleyball and are top-level volleyball players. They've won some state championships there, um, and so yeah, Minota is a team that knows how to play at this time of year, knows how to play in big games, and they've got the players to come through. Um, it will be a tall order for Mountain Iron Buell. But like I said, they've been there a few times before. And they yep. aren't going to be phased by the spotlights. Other side, Belgrade, Bruton, El Rosa, Sleepy Ice, St. Mary's, your thoughts? Um, that should be a pretty good game, I, th- I think. I think they're both pretty even. Um, right now, I really prefer um, Sleepy Ice, St. Mary's in that game. Okay. Just because... Um, section five that Belgrade Bruton El Rosa is in has usually struggled in the state tournament and has not been to the championship since 2010. Moving over to class 2A, um, it looks like a pretty strong field over here we have left in the, uh, in the class 2A semifinals. Albany and Glencote Silver Lake in the first uh, semifinal two schools with strong football uh, traditions as well as girls basketball. Well, and the thing here um, that people might want to take notice of, Glencoe Silver Lake might have one of the best players nobody's really heard of in senior guard Mia Monahan. And she seems to get them a W no matter what the circumstance is. And um, she's off to division one Eastern Illinois. So She's talented and um, a very strong individual. Yeah, she, uh, I think she had 23 points and they came back and they were down 11 to Minnehaha Academy in the uh, quarterfinals. They came back and won by one. I know Mia and her uh, younger sister, I believe it's Mylia, um, scored 43 of the, uh, of the Panthers, uh, 58 points in that game. So, uh, and Albany has always been a strong girls basketball program. Um, and on the other side, talking about strong girls basketball programs, we've got New London Spicer, coached by Mike Dreyer, who I think has, has he reached 10,000 victories yet? <laughs> I think he's at 60-something. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're cutting him short by 10,000. What's that? I think you're cutting him short by 10,000 victories. <laughs> yeah, he's been around a while. He can coach. Um, New London has a, a pretty good story. And you said four sisters on the team? Four sisters on the team, and um, Mike played a big role in helping that family out. And their father, who, if I recall, was um, a roommate of Mike's when they were younger. Is that right? Yep. So, and and now they're playing for him, huh? And that's that's uh, that's a great story. They have Providence Academy, which is a team that's really making waves this year. They've got uh, the two Counts sisters. Um, and uh, a young seventh grader named Madden Greenway, who uh, is uh, 
on track to maybe being Minnesota's next fabulous athlete. She's only in seventh grade and she's already, she had 32 points in their quarterfinal victory over uh, Duluth Marshall, helping Providence get past Jana Neepkins 67 point effort in that game. What a, what a, what a game that was for Jana Neepkins. What a disappointment that we're not going to be able to see her and her ability in the on TV in the state tournament. Well, and that's, that's the thing. They beat a good individual up there in Duluth Marshall and Duluth Marshall had two individuals like that a year ago. And it's too bad. Nobody got to see either of them play. Yeah. It really is. You got a thoughts on who's going to win that game. This is, this is a good matchup. The games, by the way, it's going to, it's going to be very contrasting styles. So, but when it comes down to it, I think Providence Academy has a little more offense and will prevail in a, like a low-scoring game. Albany Glencoe, your thoughts on that one? I'm I'm going with the Monahan family. All right, class three. Let's move over there. We've got Marshall, coached by Dan Westby, who also coaches a volleyball team, and I consider to be one of the best coaches in any sport and at, uh, at any level in the state of Minnesota. He knows how to get through to his, his team. He, he knows exactly what he's, he's capable of doing. He gets it out of them. And he, uh, I'm not going to say he's a, a quiet, unassuming coach because he can, he can get a little fiery when he needs to, but he definitely gets the best out of his team, Marshall, against uh, Holy Angels, who is making, I think, their sixth straight state tournament appearance. Uh, they won it in uh, 2016, and they're back. They're uh, led by uh, the head coach, Dan Woods, who gets uh, another great coach, and also um, the daughter of Frank and Amelia, uh, Frank Vassalero and Amelia Santanello at uh, WCCO, Francesca Vassalero, who is uh, uh, the leading scorer on that team. What can you say about uh, about that Marsh matchup, Holy Angels and Marshall? Well, the thing with 3-8 is um... – this might be the class you really want to watch the two semifinals because I'm not so sure these aren't the four best teams in class 3A. So the matchups are pretty strong and pretty even, I think. Um, Holy Angels and Marshall should should be another one that's a little contrast in styles. I think Marshall's a little better defensively, and I think they're going to edge the stars just because of that. Other one, we got Hill Murray and Becker. Becker, a team that lost in the finals two years ago in the Class 3A championship. Last year, they're set to play De La Salle in what was going to be a rematch of the championship game, and that's when the tournament was called off due to the pandemic. So I know that they have been itching for the chance to get, a, to, get to a championship game, something that they got taken away from, uh, the opportunity they got taken away from them last year. Uh, against uh, Hill Murray, um, and Coach Aaron Herman, that's always a good program. Where do you see there? Well, and Becker is a is a team that's got a strong senior class, and they have yet to win the title. And like you said, they were denied the chance last year and were the runner-up the year before. So they're itching to finally get back into that championship mode. And I think that makes a difference here in the Games they played down the stretch, they lost three in a row, but it was the Holy Angels by one point at the buzzer and Minnetonka and Hopkins and Foray, which are two pretty good teams. So 
I think that pays off in the end and Becker wins this game. I know that the Becker coach Dan Baird told me that after the Hopkins Becker game where Hopkins pretty much physically just dominated them. Um, but uh, they really played them straight up in the second half. You can see why Becker is so good. They move well without the ball. They pass well. They, they're always cutting to the basket. They uh, have, players that are, aren't afraid to shoot when they have to, the opportunity. They're very much a good, good basketball team, a fun basketball team um, to watch. And so I, I, I kind of feel like this is going to be Becker's year uh, to take the whole thing. If you, uh, if you had to nail me down, that's, that's what I'd look at. Now I'm over into class 4A. Um, let's start with Rosemount and Centennial. Uh, I don't think anybody expected Rosemount to be here, but they, uh, they took out undefeated Farmington in the quarterfinals. And then Centennial took out another undefeated team in Elk River. Yeah, and this is this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup too. Um, personally, I like Centennial. Um, unfortunately, whoever wins this game, I think it's their last victory of the season in the long run. But um, this should be a pretty even matchup. Yeah, because waiting on the other side of the bracket is is one of the best matchups we'll find all season long. And that's Hopkins, which would be shooting for their 79th straight victory, which would give them the state record if they win uh, against Chaska, probably the one team in class 4A that I think has enough players in the mix to give Hopkins a run for their money. Uh, of course, it's going to be difficult. I had uh, uh, talked to Chaska coach Tara Seifert last night briefly about that. And uh, she feels like uh, if they play a really good game and don't get intimidated by Hopkins' ability to put up some runs, that they can compete with the uh, the Royals. Um, I think they can. I don't know that they have enough to do it for uh, uh, an entire game, 36 minutes, but uh, I do think that this could be yeah, – this is the de facto Class 4A championship game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. The, the thing with Chaska against Hopkins, uh, Chaska has enough toughness where I think they'll bring the same intensity – now, do they have enough kids to match Hopkins' depth? I don't think so, and I think that's what makes the difference. And Hopkins breaks the record for longest winning streak. And then we all think Hopkins is going to uh, go out on, on a big note with the state championship. Over to boys' basketball. Let's take a look and see what we have here. Class 1A, let's look at it real quickly here. Hancock and CPI St. Mary's again. On one side of the bracket, Badger Greenbush Middle River versus Hayfield on the other. I got to say, I don't know anything about any of these four teams. Ron, what can you say? Jim, and that's what I still was going to research later today is double check on all four of these. Um, coming into the tournament, I thought Class 1A was as wide open as it comes. Maybe the most wide open I've seen any class in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I that's the same with these four teams in the semifinals. I think any of them can win it. Yeah, it all depends on who gets the breaks, how the games are called, foul trouble, all kinds of things that sometimes you don't have control over. So, yeah, and that's wide open. I'm, I'm going to throw my hands up and say, watch the games, and, and then we can figure out uh, uh, who can win from there. That's four uh, evenly matched teams over in Class AA. Um, Three very good teams, and then one that I think was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Minneapolis North plays Caledonia in the first uh, of the uh, semifinals on uh, in that class. And then uh, Wasika with Andrew Morgan 
gets uh, kind of a surprise in Fergus Falls, who took care of uh, Annandale in the quarterfinals. I love the, that North Caledonia matchup. Well, and both these both these semifinals should be entertaining. You know, Wasika, Caledonia, North, they all can score and get up and down the court and very athletic. And those three teams are the top three teams in Class 2A. And I think you're going to see why in the semifinals. And Caledonia, which is a program that always seems to have just a plethora of great athletes, both in football and basketball, has been doing it. One loss this season, no losses in the state of Minnesota. I think they're only losses to uh, on Alaska early in the season without their uh, superstar guard, Eli King, who had a uh, torn ligament in his knee. Uh, they found out about before the season. So they're still going out and uh, waxing other teams without having a player of Cal- of King's caliber. Uh, that says an awful lot about that program. The thing with Caledonia too, Jim, is um, they're a lot like Minnie on the girls' side. Minnie girls' athletic programs are so strong in every sport, and Caledonia is basically the same way. They're used to being competitive and winning. Yeah, and I think that carries on. You wonder why some schools are always good and some schools maybe not. I think it's because of expectations, and it's kind of the standards that they set, and I believe that's what happens in in both of those places, Minneota and uh, Caledonia. North, always a uh, a tough team to deal with. I saw them dismantle Moose Lake Willow River, which was the highest scoring team in the state going into the quarterfinals. But Moose Lake wasn't uh, overly big and uh, not overly physical, and they weren't hitting the threes, and they lived and died by the threes, and that's what happened there. But I think that quarterfinal game, or that semifinal game between North and Caledonia would be a lot of fun to watch. Jim, in that in that game, who's going to be more intense, Minneapolis North players or Larry McKenzie? <laughs> I think they know what it's up to when he was coaching De La Salle. You have to match the coach's intensity, or you're not going to play. <laughs> you're going to hear about it. Um, over in Class Three A, uh, we've got Alexandria and Richfield. Uh, Richfield, the team with uh, if you haven't seen them, maybe the, the most one of the most. Uh, unknown best players in the Metro that you haven't seen in Lamar Grayson and the other side, De La Salle, well-known program against guess who Minnehaha Academy and Chet Holmgren. Let's look at uh, Richfield and Alexandria. Uh, your thoughts there. If you haven't had a chance to see Mr. Grayson play this year, he has had one superb season. With that being said too, he's one who also likes to get to the hoop, you know, not a, not a great outside shooter. We'll do it periodically, but he can get to the hole no matter what. So this will be an entertaining game. I think um, Richfield prevail, prevails in a close one, um, but I would love to be picking Alexandria with a guy named Mr. Thompson on their team. If he was still here, yeah. The future golfer who uh, yep. yeah, at, uh, went to um... – La Lumere Prep Academy in Indiana, I think, prior to was it prior to last year, and someone he would be Alexandria, I think, would be the favorite with a, with a player of his caliber. Um, Minnehaha Academy, do you think De La Salle can beat them? If De La Salle is going to win this game, Mister Haskins is going to have to be hot and score about thirty-five, which might be a possibility, but. They're not going to give any baskets inside, so it's going to be all perimeter. And I think Chet leads Minnehaha into the championship per usual. 
I, I agree with you there. I've seen Chet Holmgren. We're talking about Chet Holmgren, obviously. Um, completely discombobulate opposing offenses because teams can't get the easy shots they want to. I see teams, you know, breaking down defense off the dribble, getting an open look at a layup, and they but they know Chet's looming back there, and he's the best shot blocker I've ever seen. Um, and they just don't take the shot at all, or they rush their shots, try to get them up too quickly, or they 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 get them a little off balance, and it just takes teams out of their offense. That's that as good as Chet Holmgren is, potentially he has offensively. It's his defensive presence that really makes Minnehaha Academy, and it's not just Chet Holmgren with that team. I mean, you've got uh, um, the, the two uh, Millers, Hersey and Mercy. You've got Prince Allegby. You've got. Um, Isaiah Davis, who can who's great at just scoring inside and add some uh, some strength. That's uh, a really, really, really good basketball team. Um, even without uh, Jalen Suggs, who I hear hit a big shot on Saturday. Um, so I think Minnehaha, and I think Minnehaha goes on to win that championship. It'd be their their fifth straight state tournament that they've ended up uh, taking home everything if they win this. And then finally, over in class. Uh, 4A, a surprise of Maple Grove, who took down undefeated Champlain Park in the quarterfinals time against Creighton Durham Hall, a team which has found a way to win close games. Well, and Trey Holloman has been superb for Creighton this year. And, you know, you, you just talked about Jalen Suggs at the collegiate level and the next really good point guard from Minnesota to play Division One. I'm not so sure Trey Holloman isn't the next one in line. Yeah, he can, he's, he's pretty much a magician with the ball. He's really a team-focused kind of a kid. You know, he always wants to make sure his players are getting involved, but when they need a big shot, when they need a big play, someone to drive, someone to hit a three-pointer, somebody to create something, they look to Holloman, and he usually delivers. Um, on the other side of the bracket, we've got Shakopee against a team that I'm considering maybe the best team in class 4A um, all season, and that is YZ. The thing with the thing with YZ too, Jim, is um, they have um, good balance and a, a deep starting five. All of them can score, so they're a little deeper than the other three teams in class 4A right now. And they play um, such a good team game. They remind me of the Becker girls, and they all move well without the ball. They're all good, heady basketball players with great basketball IQs. Uh, when they played uh, Duluth East in the quarterfinals, Duluth East was matching them point for point, basket for basket in the first half. Um, but Wyzetta just tightened up their defense a little bit. Uh, coach told me that they weren't didn't have the chance to scout them like they'd like to, and they made some uh, adjustments, and Wyzetta came and with guard Eddie uh, Beninga that was just slashing to the basket every opportunity he got. They didn't even need um, the talents of uh, their top Division One recruit, Camden Heidi, who missed a good portion of the second half with the uh, leg cramps and look, what looked like a possible leg injury. Um, and Wyzetta showed that they are a very, very good basketball team. I wouldn't be surprised to see Wyzetta cutting down the nets at the end of this whole thing. And Wyzetta... Um, catches a break here too with Heidi, like you mentioned, being dinged up and stuff in the quarterfinal game. Having that week off now gives him a chance to be healthy for this, where he might have been a little gimpy if they're playing two days later, like in the past. Well, that is an excellent point that he has a chance to rest and relax and get back to being his uh, 
his uh, highly recruited self and the player. I think he had a think top 1,000 points this year, and, and he's the guy they look to when they need a basket, and uh, he's, uh, he's the superstar on the team. But I tell you, everybody in that YZ team can play basketball and is a good, good basketball player. You shut down one, it's kind of like putting your finger in the dike. You shut down one player, three more um, crop up. Uh, it's hard to account for everybody. I think that that's kind of about all we have time for. That's enough basketball talk. Ron, uh, anything else you want to add to where we're at with this tournament and the season? Well, I'm looking forward to the tournament and see what comes about and everything. The only thing that I'm I'm going to miss is not socializing with the crowd and people around the arena like in the past. I, the social aspect is going to be missing for me, but it still should be entertaining. Yeah, let's hope we get back to normalcy next year. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining us. I uh, I appreciate uh, your listening, and uh, we'll uh, be back to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Jim.